Hello friends and welcome to episode number 196 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, um, how are you? I am ready for the off day tomorrow. I need uh, <laughs> I need a 24-hour baseball detox. It's actually about like it's actually like 48 hours until the next game, which is great because I I just need uh, my hair is turning gray. I've been I've got a bald spot for him where I've been pulling all my hair out this week. I don't yeah. actually, but um, it sure feels like I do because these these games have been stressful, all three of them against the White Sox. So I need a break. It's tough. I need a break. It's yeah. tough. Chicago's a good team. We'll talk about the series. We'll preview the uh, the Brew Crew. Yeah, baseball. This is these are the dog days. I feel like. Well, is that what they call it? The dog yeah, days. Yeah, the dog days of summer. Yeah, it's officially summer as of yesterday. So. That's right. Yeah, I just I just find like baseball every day. It's hard. It's it. We're getting to the tough part because we're also emotionally invested in this team, doing well. That every yeah. loss feels bad and every win feels inadequate. Like it's not enough. And uh, yeah, it's just been a tough a tough couple weeks for the Jays coming off the uh, the series loss. Uh, to the Yankees, and then another series loss to the White Sox, uh, who are a good team. Credit to them. We'll talk about all that shit, I guess. If you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and find us. Leave us a review. We like that. Uh, find us at BFMDPodcast.com. Um, let, Justin, let's just get into it. Holy f- yeah holy shit let's just get right into so this abomination of a performance yeah last night we are we are announcing that we are starting a gofundme to help doug eddings get the laser eye surgery that he desperately needs uh, i'll post a link with the episode description so that we can all help our boy out and make sure that what happened last night never happens again that is 100 percent satire but it should be true at this point uh, this is embarrassing. I've talked about it before. Like I am an umpire. I don't like to criticize the umpires too much. But when you have a performance like the one that Doug Eddings turned in last night, my goodness, man! Like I, I can't. <laughs> you, if, if everyone's probably seen the umpire scorecard at now, uh, by now at ump scorecards on Twitter, great resource by the way, but. The overall favor for Chicago in this game, Patrick Marsh, 2.3 runs in favor of Chicago. Now, granted, on the overall scorecard, uh, it has Chicago at minus 1.76 runs, but the Blue Jays were minus 3.79 runs, meaning that the calls by this umpire cost the Blue Jays nearly four runs and the White Sox nearly two runs. The most impactful calls in the game. Number one, top of the eighth inning. Espinal at the plate, two outs, bases loaded, full count. Strikes him out on a called th- third strike that was about uh, three, four inches off the plate. Maybe more than that. Um, Would have been a run right there. <laughs> Fuck. Second call of the game. This one went against the White Sox, Patrick. This was in the in the twelfth inning where the White Sox did win it. Yeah. It was a full count, and he called uh, a ball, 
a strike on Reese McGuire to give the Jays an out. Of course, it didn't egregious. matter. Egregious. Egregious. It was. It was. It was out. It was again. It was super far outside to a lefty. But in the tenth inning again, Patrick, runners on first and second with two outs, a two and two count to Chapman, and he rings him up on a on a ball that is way too low, and that ends the inning there. So. The first bad call of the game was in the eighth. Well, the first impactful call that they have on this, the most impactful call, ends the inning, takes away a run. Third call to Chapman, the 10th, it would have been a 3-2 count. He would have had another pitch, but instead ends the inning with uh, two runners on base. Like, just brutal. But the most fucked up thing about this whole thing, Doug Eddings called 70 strikes last night. So called strikes when the no, nobody swings at it. He called 70 pitches a strike. 25 of those 70 pitches, Patrick, were actually balls by the definition of the strike zone, which is a 64% called strike accuracy. Season average is 88%. On balls that he called, that pitches that he called a ball, he only missed one. He only called one ball a strike. He had one out of 158. So this guy knows what a ball is. He just has no fucking idea what a strike is. Like, you, it's almost a coin flip. Three out of five, a pitch that he was calling a strike was was actually a strike. And for, 36% of the time, nearly 40%, two out of five, it was actually a ball. There's no consequence for this either. Doug Eddings is going to get his report card from Major League Baseball. And by the way, their report cards are a lot more uh, lenient than these ump scorecards. These ump scorecards use the true definition of the strike zone, whereas the scorecards that MLB issues their umpires... They actually allow for a ball's width off the plate as what they call like the allowable margin for error. Um, and by the way, with the robot strike zones that are coming, that they do have some leniency built into them as well too. So it's not going to be a perfect strike zone ever, which is something that I found interesting. It's going to still have that that leniency where it does give a little bit off the outside of the plate. Um, I did some research on that and they actually brought it up on the show today. So I had to look it up and it's actually true so we're never going to have 100 percent perfect strike zones even though we as fans would love that there's always going to be some sort of leniency but this kind of game just can't happen it it literally costs the blue jays a win um we can say yes the jordan romano blew a save but at the same time there were multiple instances here like the pitch to espinal where it would have given the jays another run where that extra run may have been the difference or Romano doesn't blow the lead. Or maybe Romano doesn't come in at all because they went up by four. Um, yeah, I just, I don't understand, man, how this can be let, left to go on like this. It's it's too much for me. That's it. I'm done. My turn. <laughs> Tag me in. Uh, I'm coming in and I'm pissed. <laughs> we, as a podcast, we made the decision early in the year that we did not want to spend too much time criticizing the umpires because it's an easy excuse as to why we lost this game last night was the worst called game i have seen in 36 years of being alive and watching baseball thousands of games this was just embarrassing this isn't baseball this is this isn't there's no there's no subjectivity to the strike zone it exists it's present 
these egregious mistakes that were made will start at the beginning. Look at the uh, Ruiz to Espinal. The game was over. Jays get an extra run. They're done. It's over. We win the game. Even if Romano gives up the runs that he gives up. Doesn't matter. We, we, we had the extra run. And we could have potentially gotten more. Who knows? Yeah. But, but again, Santiago Espinal, for what felt like the third time in the game, gets fucked by Doug Eddings with these, this terrible call. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. If you look at the scorecard and you look at what his strike zone looks at, it's not a square. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an oblong shape. I've seen people dunk on this all day. <laughs> this is obviously very embarrassing for baseball. It's very embarrassing for MLB. And it's very embarrassing for Doug Eddings. I don't know anything about him as a person, so I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to go in hard on him, except to say that this should be fireable. Is there another position somewhere uh, out there where you can make a mistake? Uh, 36% of the time in a critical moment and maintain your job. These are Homer Simpson levels of uh, em like embarrassing mistakes. This is, it's just, it's the worst call game I've ever seen. And this, it's, let me get something clear here. This has nothing to do with the fact that the Chicago White Sox won this game. Okay, the Jays had plenty of opportunities to win this game. And by all rights, they should have won this game. And it was taken away from them by the umpire with stupid-ass calls. But their relievers also blew the game in, uh, in what was it, four consecutive innings? Yeah. The 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th yep. conceding runs. Now, three of those were Manfred runners. But even still, it's just unbelievable to me that that somebody would be able to maintain employment after making just a, an absolute mockery of the sport. This sport has been around for over 150 years. And here it is in 2022, after decades of advancement in science and in technology and how we you know, keep our players healthy, uh, show the game to fans, and this is what we get. This is the result of it. This is stupid. And it's not just the calls against the the Jays, okay? The Jays lost the game, okay? Yeah, this lost isn't a round game. baseball problem. This is, yeah, this is an everything problem. The White Sox also got fucked pretty hard <laughs> on this game, too. Yeah, under Reese normal McGuire circumstances. Drew a walk. Under normal circumstances, they're not like if they have minus one point seven six, they're not going to win many games at that at that level. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the 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 calls were so bad <laughs> during this game. Like the final score, of this game should have been what eight. Uh, uh, well, yeah, you add uh, ten to nine. Add three for the Jays and two for the White Sox. Yeah, nine. Well, I mean, yeah, 
I almost four. Rounded up, it probably ten to nine, ten something to nine. like that. Yeah. Look, I don't care that we lost this game. Like, yes, it stings because it's extra innings. Yes, it matters because we we lost the second straight series. Those things all suck. But when you look at this scorecard and then you watch the game last night, even someone with as much integrity and as much of a gentleman as Dan Schulman is, even he couldn't help but notice. Yeah. Favor calling calls egregious, him and Tadler. <laughs> yeah, they were egregious. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a great word, by the way, egregious. Add it to your vocabulary out there, folks. You're going to need it because this isn't <laughs> going to get any better until Major League Baseball addresses the problem in their umpires. And I don't care that it's a, it's a unionized position and all that. This, this can't continue. It will spoil the integrity of the game. Yeah. You get 100 of these a season that are this bad it seems like um they're only getting worse and maybe it's only because we have these scorecards now but these getting released to the public like we need to jam this down the public's throat we need this these scorecards to be everywhere all the time everywhere shoving it in their face Mm -hmm. making it clear that the fans are watching this we are keeping track of it and we don't watch the game for the umpires no. You get rid of every single umpire in Major League Baseball tomorrow. Nobody would care. Nobody cares. We're here to watch the fucking sport. We need robot umpires and we need them last year. This has gone on for too long and it's getting worse. And no impact. There won't be any discipline. There won't be anything like this. And then at the same time, Guillermo Martinez doing the Lord's work today bringing out the lineup sheet, gets tossed before the game even starts. Yeah, Gary Martinez is a G. Like, that's a, that's a boss I hope he gets tossed. I hope he gets tossed before every game, every game for the rest of the season to be like, are you assholes going to call a good game or is it going to be this dog shit? And just keep doing it over and over and over again. It'll, it'll make headlines everywhere. Why is this guy getting kicked out of every game? Well, it's because he's calling them on their terribleness. (laughs) Like, why is it that the umpires have more control over baseball than any fan, executive, or player in the history of baseball? I love, I love how premeditated this move was too. Like, you you'd never send your hitting coach out to deliver your lineup card. Like, you never. It's just not something that happens. Like, maybe John Schneider will go out every once in a while, but most of the time it's going to be Charlie Montoya, the manager, taking it out. Like, Guillermo Martinez is probably like fifth on the pecking order. I don't know what the actual. That's why they sent him out, though. But yeah, they they thought about this and they were like, you know what? We're going to go say something to this fucking guy who fucked us over last night and it's going to get me tossed, but someone's got to do it. And it it worked out for the Jays' offense today. But I want to bring up one more thing about this game based on the scorecard before we're done. So I filtered on umpscorecards.com. I went to the game filter and I searched, I sorted by total run impact. This was the worst game of this season in terms of total run impact. Between the two teams, 5.89 runs taken off the board. The next closest is 4.43. So over a run and a half more taken away in this game. It was also the game with the most uh, pitches called wrong, 26 pitches called wrong. Second most, 22. Also, the Jays involved. It was the April 16th game against Oakland, where the A's were favored by 1.41 runs. The Jays lost that one 7-5, but still. So the Jays have had the two um, worst games in terms of the most pitches called wrong this year, which is kind of fun. But yeah, Doug Eddings had a terrible night, and hope, I hope the Blue Jays don't see him 
behind the plate for a long time because there will be hell to pay. Um, I hope no team has to see him because until he goes back to school and learns what a ball and a strike is, he shouldn't <laughs> have any right whatsoever. Yeah, they need to get Doug Eddings some some sort of like uh, apparatus for his for his mask that like projects a strike zone in front of him. So he can actually like just go st- stand behind a pitcher and catcher in the bullpen and just get an idea as the ball's coming if it's actually a good pitch or not because he's the food doesn't know what's going on. No, we just need to get rid of them. We just need to get rid of yeah. We just need to get rid of umpires. Period. We sure. need to get rid of every single one of them. It doesn't matter whether or not they have a great scorecard or not. This is garbage. It's, it's enough. Get yeah. rid of them. Anyway, they're they're done. George Let's Springer. George Springer is hurt. Um, right elbow yeah. pain. He's day to day right now. He's seen doctors today. We don't have any information nobody knows anything so we're not going to speculate on it we'll find out more before the game on friday but just know that he that's why he wasn't playing today and that's why he left the game last night moving on um let's talk quickly about uh this this recap we'll start with today's game because i want to talk about ross stripling uh the jays needed some some length today patrick and they managed to get it stripling went a solid six innings i believe it was only one run that he allowed and there's yep. a, a good tweet from Keegan Matheson, a friend of the show here on Twitter. It says, uh, Ross Stripling says that Matt Chapman came up to him in the weight room prior to the, today's game in Chicago. And the quote is, feed me today. And he did. Chapman was elite at third base. They turned a couple of slick double plays, one of them which I thought they had no chance to turn in, in, in one of the first two innings there. And then Chapman also made a diving play later in the game. Um, it was definitely... A couple of plays by Chapman there that if those balls get through, this game could have been a lot different. Uh, both those first two innings, the White Sox had a leadoff base hit, and the next batter in both innings hit the ball in Chapman's direction, and he was able to start a double play. So uh, changed the complexion of the game right away. It helped that the Blue Jays were able to score early as well, um, and often off of Lucas Giolito, and then later on off the bullpen as well too. So Kudos to Boba Shett, Patrick, for hitting that grand slam. To Teoscar Hernandez for his beautiful monster bomb. Kirky went deep again. Moreno had a couple of hits. It was uh, it was a nice game to see after the way after the way the game ended last night. We don't need to talk too much about how the Jays almost blew it, but uh, yeah, the the bullpen is shaky right now, and this off day tomorrow, we need it, and so does so the players. <laughs> Yeah, Simber was atrocious today. I don't know oh, why yeah. he didn't get pulled earlier. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you send a guy out there and they give up, like, four consecutive base runners, I think you got to be like, you know what? I, it, yeah, just, just get him out of there. I He's think you, you, you have to think about it this way. Like, if, if he were to go out and do it in a playoff game, you would have pulled him after, like, maybe the, you would have pulled him after three batters after he faced his minimum. Yep. Instantly. So. The problem is that everybody was exhausted from the night before. Simber yeah. was probably the least exhausted out of the guys who pitched. Yeah. So and, it, and to be fair to Simber, there was no hard contact allowed, but bloops, bloops kill you. Bloops and blasts will get you. No, every but we time. were a grand slam away from going yeah, I mean, back it was, to it was a tie game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was uh, it was Josh Harrison up at bat. Yeah. Not a good. It was. It wasn't good. Thornton came in and cleaned up the mess. Good for Butters. Yeah, nice little pop up he got, and then of course yeah. the ground ball to end it. But uh, uh, yeah, and the Mesa uh, wrapped up the game. Yep. There, right now, it's really if you look top to bottom, it's hard to trust any of these guys. But mm-hmm. I would say, generally speaking, Romano, Mesa, uh, are, are still. I I would put David Phelps in the category too. 
even though he didn't have a great game today. Dinfels has had a rough, a rough last few games. To yeah, uh, Butters has only given up uh, runs, I think, in like one appearance recently, and it was the one where he got hammered by the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, he only had one other appearance in uh, June where he gave up a run against Minnesota. So I think I actually think Butters is one of the safer options. Uh, again, if you ignore the uh, horrible performance against the Yankees, um, yeah, he is conceding hits, but he's also getting guys out, and that's really all that matters. He's a good, he's a good lo- like uh, long reliever to have, and I think yeah. he's going to give us some stabilization in the future while we figure out what we're going to do with guys like Richards, uh, who... Uh, is on the IL now, and then I, I look. There's nobody else. They no. Jimmy Garcia has been good. We'll uh, yes, he credit. has. He deserves credit. I would say he also is somebody that we can, relatively speaking, rely on. Yeah. This team should have a better record than 39 and 30, but the bullpen keeps scuffling, and it's going to be hard for them wow. to be able to. It, it also doesn't help when the starting pitchers have an ERA over six. They lost time through the rotation before today. That is. Yeah, it was tough. The Jays are clinging to that wild card spot. I know it's still early and it's not even worth, uh, you know, going through this too much. But Boston are already on our heels. Tampa are already on our heels. Minnesota already on our heels. So the all that that lead that we had opened up before the Yankees series is gone, Mm -hmm. and this team is just going to have to fight its way through. Yep, and um, uh, it's unfortunate, but that's just that's baseball. It was never going to be us easily be easy. rolling to the playoffs. And remember that the Red Sox and Rays are the teams that the Jays will play next week. Yep. So, yeah, it's a good nut up or shut up moment. All right, let's talk about the Brewers. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little interleague action. The NL Central division tied for the lead Brewers right now. They'll think they play later today. Uh, but they're tied with uh, St. Louis right now at 39 and 31. So they have the same amount of wins as the Blue Jays. They could go to 40 tonight if they win. Could have teams with identical records uh, after this evening's game. They they like the Blue Jays. They don't have a very high run differential. The Jays are at a plus 26. The Brewers are only at a plus 14. So both teams yeah. are very similar when it comes to the amount of runs they have scored versus the amount of runs they've given up. There's not much separating both of them. Um, the Brewers, we're, better, we're better hitting and they're better pitching. That's true, yes. The Jays do actually have an above 500 record on the road, 18 and 16. The Brewers uh, are 16 and 13 at home. They're actually better on the road in terms of more wins that way. They've played more road games as well, too. Um, the Jays do struggle against teams above 500, though, Patrick. They are 17 and 20. The Brewers are 15 and 19. So these teams, to me, like on paper, based on these, these numbers that looking at just on the standings page, pretty similar. Uh, the Brewers are dealing with some injuries, though. We, we were looking at the IL situation before the game. One of their big starters, Brandon Woodruff, is currently on the injured list. So the Jays are going to dodge him. He would have been lined up for Game 3 on Sunday. So that will be a bullet dodge by the Blue Jays there. They've also got players like Colton Wong, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta, and Luis Perdomo. Uh, as, as on the starting or on the injured list, is, and then relievers Jake Cousins, Trevor Gott, Jantel Gustave, and Justin Topa as well. So they're they're pretty banged up. Um, 
so yeah, it's going to be definitely a depleted Brewers lineup. We'll see Rowdy Telez in this series, Patrick, former Blue Jay Yay. there. He's having a great season. I love Rowdy. Good for him. Andrew McCutcheon is a Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, Christian Yelich, of course. Willie Adamas, who's a former Tampa Bay Ray who we're deeply familiar with. Hunter Renfro, who was with the Red Sox for a while. Um, yeah, Rowdy's saying 251. He's got uh, 10 dingers so far this year. He's worth uh, 0. 0.5 war because his defense sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's been a little bit cooler. He started off the year pretty hot. Uh, in June, he's hitting 262 without a home run yet. So it's been a bit of a cooler month for him. But anyway, we'll get to see him again. Uh, pitching matchups in the series. On Friday, it's Alec Manoa, who is confirmed for the Blue Jays. The Brewers have yet to confirm their starters, but it's looking like Adrian Hauser will line up as the Brewers starter in this one. He is their number, he's in their number five spot in their rotation, but I would say he's their, probably their fourth best starter right now because they have Chi-Chi he's, Gonzalez. He's not bad. He's good. Yeah, he's a solid player. He's got a 4-2-4 ERA with a 4-17 xFIP. Um, yeah. But a 50% ground ball pitcher. Doesn't give up a ton of dingers. He will walk almost four per nine, and he only strikes out about seven per nine. So he's not a huge flamethrower. What's his this year? The whip. That's a good question. I'm on Fangraphs. I don't have those stats on Fangraphs because it's a weird stat. Whip is there. Mm, no, it's not. Walk hits. Walk. Yeah, it is. Whip's got to be on Fangraphs, it's not. man. They don't, we, don't care about what, we don't care about Whip. We care about FIP. <laughs> Let me look. I just want to know, basically, like, is he, what, what, are, uh, what are batters uh, hitting against him for the year? Yeah, well, the BABIP against him is 298. Uh, I'm not. not it's not. It's it's actually below average. Uh, overall, hitting 254 against him. WHIP is 1.43. I just it's low. I down. just wanted to get a rough idea of yeah, what his inning his, to inning. His numbers is like. are pretty solid, honestly. Like I'm, I, I look at this guy. I don't see a feast. I see a guy who could be decent. Um, and who has been good for the Brewers this year. I mean, obviously, that the team is doing well, so you, you know that he hasn't been throwing yep. too many games away for them. His win-loss record, if we care about that, is 4-7, and seven, which we don't. Um, oh. A lot of blueberries on his Savant page, but he's he's got a good, a good pitch mix. He's got the fastball that he throws about two-thirds of the time, actually exactly 66%, averages 94 on it. He'll throw a curve, a slider, and a changeup about 10 to 12 percent on the rest of those pitches they're all much slower the changeup is at 86 the slider is at 85 and the curve is at 81 so he throws two different breaking balls as well as the off-speed changeup um out of those pitches patrick batters are feasting on his curveball hitting 318 against it this year with an expected batting average of 408 whoa they also he has he has two different fastballs he has a sinker and a four seam so uh, off of the sinker, batters are hitting 285 and expected 318 off of it. His four seam, his slider, and his changeup are by far his best pitches. Batters do not hit well against those three. They've hit decent against the four seam fastball, but the expected is only 204 on it. So he does have a pretty good. He does a good a good four seamer, but the sinker and the curveball leave something to be desired. So we'll see how he adapts. The Blue Jays lineup is definitely susceptible to sliders. And his slider is is one of his best pitches. So I'm sure that Jays will see a heavy dose of sliders to those right-handed batters. Tough matchup, though, for the Brewers. They're getting Alec Manoa, who is basically our ace. Yeah, yeah, he's coming off of a tough start, but that was against the Yankees, and they are otherworldly right now, so... Yeah, 
ignore that. There's yeah. nothing we can do. And I mean, it, so. a tough start for Manoa is four runs on six hits without giving up a home run. So, and he walked one batter. So, it's not like he was giving things away. It's just the Yankees are an elite team this year. So, it's what it is. Um, Corbin Burns. <laughs> Man, this guy is the definition of a, a top five pitcher in baseball right now. Like, he's 27, Patrick. His entire savant page looks like Vladdy's in terms that it's all red numbers. Like this guy is yeah. just incredibly elite. He's not throwing gas. Like he's throwing ninety five, and and it's a it's a cutter that he throws the most of the time. So he makes the cutter work. He throws the cutter fifty six point seven percent of the time. Uh, on that pitch, batters are only hitting two twelve against it. Uh, the next most used pitches are his curveball and his slider which batters are hitting 117 and 167 off of. That's what he's going to throw the most. He does mix in a sinker and a changeup every now and then, but less than 10% of the time. So look for a lot of cutters, a lot of curveballs, and a lot of sliders again. The Jays are going to get a heavy dose of sliders in these first couple of games from these first two pitchers, and Burns is as good as they get. That's that's a game where you just hope that you can work some counts and get his pitch count up so that he only goes six innings or seven innings. That way you have a couple innings to try and feast on the bullpen because it's going to be difficult uh, in that game, especially with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound for the Blue Jays. Yeah, that really... Uh, I mean, Cor- <laughs> Corbin is uh, an all-star, perennial all-star guy, and Yusei Kikuchi has just been struggling the entire year, and it looks like nothing is going to change. He's going to throw what he wants to throw, and regardless of its effectiveness, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. We've said everything that needs to be said at this point, yeah. so it's just kind of—I don't know. Hope you fluke uh, five or six runs to kind of cover what Kikuchi is typically giving up in an outing. Yeah, and Burns is the Cy Young winner from last year, by the way, in the National. Yeah, League, so. so low expectations for this one and then game three kind is kind of interesting <laughs> but i also had just i don't know yeah so it is jose barrios on the mound for the blue jays and yeah. we, we know that he gave up a few home runs to the white Sox in that game one loss but the jays are likely to face unless milwaukee makes another roster move chi chi gonzalez and you're probably thinking wait a second that sounds familiar and that's because the Blue Jays just faced Gonzalez at the beginning of the month. He was with the Twins at the time. Uh, they DFA, uh, DFA'd him after two starts because he went and got lit up by the Rays in his next one too. But against the Jays in that June 3rd game against the Twins, Gonzalez went only three innings, four hits, two of them were home runs, and only struck out one batter. So it wasn't like he got overly yeah. shelled, but he did that on only three innings. So... Uh, his last start for the Brewers, which was his first one with them, he picked up the loss against the Cardinals. He went four innings and gave up 300 runs. All of his starts so far this season, he's given up at least 300, or all of them have been exactly three earned runs and at least four hits. The most he's gone is four innings, and in his career, it hasn't been good for him either. So I, if they allow him to go on Sunday, that could be another game where the Blue Jays can hopefully win a rubber match because you, you like to think they're going to split those first two games of the series just based on pitching matchups <laughs> yeah i mean jesus mary and joseph this it's just so frustrating to talk about barrios at this point because he just he gives up just an astonishing number of home runs his ground ball rate is down his, his home run fly ball is up no, it's like he nothing's working every time he has two good starts he comes back with a stinker and it's 
He's just going to have a bad year. There's no way to get around it. His XFIP is 4.23, which is, you know, pedestrian. Um, but that's not what we've seen. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's... It's not about what he's going to do. It's what he's already done. And it's been a... Yeah, the a good news is... year for him. The good news for Bruce is that he hasn't been walking batters. No, uh, but he's, he's only got four walks this month against 27 strikeouts over four starts. The bad news is that in his last two starts, he's allowed five home runs combined. Two of them were to Baltimore in a game that he went seven innings only gave up three runs on three hits. Yeah. But then he got shelled by Chicago for nine hits and six earned runs on three homers over four innings. Um, Andrew Vaughn lit him up. <laughs> who, who didn't he in this series, though? Um, but it's just like... Th- yeah, his like you said, it's it, he had three good starts in a row, and then it was a stinker, a couple of stinkers, or one stinker really to Chicago. So you hope yeah, that he can still, rebound. Yeah. It's it's frustrating, but the the thing is, yeah. we got he there's nobody else, so he's just gonna keep going out there. He's gonna log two hundred yeah. innings. He's gonna do thirty three starts, and he's gonna have terrible numbers this year. And we're gonna hear it from now until at least next year. That he's an overrated pitcher and we overpaid, and it's it is what it is. So we just kind of got to focus on this team needs ninety four wins to get a wild card spot, and mm-hmm. that's what they're gonna have to do. Yeah, so the, the good news is that not many players in the Brewers lineup will have seen Brios before because he's been always in the American League. Um, yeah. A few players who have obviously seen him. Will be Ryan Telez, who's over three against him. Jackie Bradley Jr., who is no longer on this team, but is somehow still at MLB.com's preview. Um, Willie Adamas is one for th- or two for three against him. So I mean, not a lot of success. Like there's really no numbers that jump out against Christian Yelich is zero for eight against Brios in his career. So I'm not really too worried about this game, as long as Brios has like reasonably good stuff, he should be fine against a team who's never seen him before. And he's got Chichi Gonzalez opposing him, so that, that could be a heavy load on the bullpen for the Brewers that day if, if Gonzalez can't give them more than four innings. Yep. For those interested, the Jays are still projected to win 91 games right now by Fangraphs, which will give them uh, wild card one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll put them ahead of the Red Sox and the Rays, who are the other two teams expected uh, at this point in the season to get the wild card and there's about a five game buffer between them and the Rays at the bottom and then the Twins are projected to miss the playoffs as the best uh, with the best record uh, at 84 and 78 so there is the projections all seem to think the Jays are still going to make the playoffs they're scuffling again uh, here in June but it's a long season, and at some point, the management of this team is going to have to make decisions on whether or not they're okay with putting uh, Trevor Richards in high leverage situations repeatedly and get it, pushing him to try to get five runs, or they're going to have to make a trade. Um, yeah. They've been very patient in the trade market because they don't want to have another Brad Hand situation, to quote Justin <laughs> Uh, from a conversation we had earlier in the week, you don't want to trade away, uh, you know, competent players for somebody who just is shit bit by the end of the year. Yep. You can't really afford it. So I understand them being very shrewd. They've always been shrewd. 
uh, and they've won just about every trade they've ever made. Uh, so it's not really, this is the team that we have, these are the players that we have, and we're going to go out there and we're going to play Toronto Blue Jays baseball. And that's... I'm just I'm starting to get fatigued by this team's roller the roller coaster of this team. They're good. Lot. Like they're still the third best record I believe in the American League, but it's because they're behind a team having a historically good season. Everything we do by comparison is looks inferior. So, I think the fan base still needs to go out and touch some grass. Maybe <laughs> don't watch the games if you can't handle it. Um, cause the team's going to lose, it's going to lose at least a third of their games and you're going to be watching those games. So you kind of just have to deal with it. Another thing I'll say is I love this movement that has started, uh, on Twitter with the Toronto Blue Jays getting voted into the all-star game. Uh, everybody seems to be banding together to vote for all the Blue Jays for all the positions in the American league, regardless of whether or not, uh, they deserve it or not. Uh, after all, it is a fan vote. You are supposed to vote for the player you want to see play. Uh, and right now, it looks like the Toronto Blue Jays are... <laughs> they're doing pretty I think well. They're, I think they're currently holding down seven all-star spots. Yeah. It's like uh, that one year when Royals fans voted a bunch of people. It was like five or six years ago or something. Yep. If they make it, they make it. If they if people don't like it, well then vote for the player you want to be there. It's okay. Like I, I don't see I don't know, I just think it's stupid how people complain about a fan vote. Like if you don't like it, then vote. <laughs> yeah. It's that easy. It's that easy. Remember way back when the NHL was having this similar problem? John Scott. Uh Rory Fitzpatrick. Uh, like many many years before that if you don't like the players that are being voted in vote, vote for a else. different player vote yep it's that easy if you don't like it's the same with regular elections where we don't like to get political but when you if there's any sort of election of any kind whether it's for an all-star for a political uh position if you don't like the, if there's a candidate you don't like don't vote for them vote for the candidate you do like the one that you would support and that's what Jays fans are doing. So I don't know what to tell you except get good. <laughs> you know, organize your fan base better. Yeah. Uh, though with that being said, the Jays are heading into a stretch here, Patrick. It's like 19 games in 18 days or something because they have that 5-4 and four against Tampa next weekend. What's an acceptable record in those 19 games? Oh, God, man. I just want them to play about 500. It could be 10 and 9, and I'd be ecstatic. It's three. I'd be, I'd be thrilled with 10 and 9. It's a very difficult thrilled. teams when you've got the Brewers, the Red Sox, and the Rays coming up. Like, that's your schedule. Tough game. Five games against the Rays, man. That, that... In four days. It's five. That it's series five, right it's there four might games. Make or break yeah, it's four games in like 72 hours, the way it works out. It's, it's Let me ask you a question. This is. This is a hypothetical and blah, blah, blah. We're dealing with conjecture. Let's say we play those five games against the Rays in four nights, and we end up going 0 for 5. What do you see being the fallout from that? Is somebody is somebody's seat going to get hot over no. that? No. No? Everybody's seat is ice cold? Yep. No, it's depends. not until the end of the season and we're not I in think, the playoffs. I think it's the end of the season when any changes will be made for this team. Unless they unless they do what the Angels did and lose like 14 in a row or whatever it was. 
then yeah, yeah no. then then shit's gonna happen. But I don't see that happening yeah. with this team. So it's the sucks. only team I can think of right now who could lose fourteen in a row and not see their manager get fired are the Yankees. Yeah, and even then, it gets very dicey. Yeah, they they would have a, yeah. there would be a total meltdown from Yankee fans on Twitter, and I'm not here for it. There's but... already a meltdown for the fact that we're leading in the uh, in the votes. They yeah. can't handle it. It's insane. I've never seen a more brittle fan base in my life than the 2022 New York Yankees. They ex- I don't know what it is. What their fans their fifth their team is 50 and 18, and it's not enough. The the insecurity is just palpable yep you love anyway. to see it though you love to see it you love to see yankee fans just crumble it's anyway so funny. uh we're on twitter at bfmd podcast you can dm or tweet us any questions you've got let us know what you thought about the umpiring uh hopefully <laughs> hopefully it goes better in milwaukee for the boys in black uh, we are on anchor apple spotify wherever you listen to your podcasts you can find us at bfmdpodcast.com Thanks as always for taking the time to listen to the episode. Please leave us a review or a star rating to help us find more people and to help more people find us. We'll be back on Sunday to recap the Brewers series and tee up a tough week of games against the Red Sox and Rays. For Patrick, out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. See you next time.